Welcome to the A Plus EdTech Podcast. My name is Ashley McBride, and I'm an instructional technology facilitator from North Carolina. In this episode, we're going to talk about net neutrality. And that may not sound like an educational topic, but it is. It's an educational topic because we are connected educators, and we go through the internet and we share resources with each other via our own websites and through different websites throughout the internet. In fact, we've been encouraged to ditch our textbooks and start using the internet as our resource, as our main area to gather and curate items for our classes. So what does net neutrality have to do with all of this? Well, first let's talk about what net neutrality is. Back in 2014, the FCC put together some regulations that basically said Internet service providers, ISPs, like Comcast, Verizon, AT&T, Time Warner, that these companies were not allowed to favor one website over another. They're not able to block a website. They're not able to throttle a website, which means that if I have a competing website with somebody else, I can't make a deal with them and they push mine faster than theirs or prioritize mine. And they can't require payment to access websites. Now, that might sound weird because some websites do require that you pay to use them, but that is the website's choice. That's not the ISP or the internet service provider's choice. So these companies are only really paid through uh, any advertising that they can get that uh, goes onto their own websites. And the money that you pay as a customer in order to use their pipes, for lack of a better word. The, um, the cords or the cables that come to your house that allow you to have internet. That is what these companies provide. There are two reasons why educators should really be concerned about losing net neutrality. The first one is that we have been working really hard to teach our students about bias and trying to find the facts when so much of the world is biased, even when they pretend not to be. So what could happen is that one of these companies, Comcast, Verizon, AT&T, one of these companies could create a partnership with a number of different websites or a number of different companies, and they can pick and choose who they want to prioritize or to throttle. So they could push and say, Netflix is faster on our site than perhaps Hulu. And then if you are a Time Warner customer and they're pushing Netflix faster, then you're more than likely going to start to divert over to Netflix. They could also start blocking some of those. So if you are a customer of that internet service provider and they are pushing for Netflix or they have a partnership with Netflix, then they could say, well, we'll pay you X amount of dollars and you block Hulu altogether. Now, what does that do for for people who may want Hulu, then the idea is that they would be able to jump to another internet service provider. Well, 
as many individuals will tell you, there are a lot of locations in the United States where there's only one choice for internet service provider. It's you either go with us or you don't have internet. Uh, Hopefully that won't always be the case, but at least for now, there are locations where it's still that problem. And think about the amount of power that that gives an internet service provider, this company, and the fact that they could stop and say, I don't like Fox News, or I don't like CNN, or uh, then they could start blocking, or they could throttle the one that they do like. And that just, that just doesn't work in a free society. The second reason why educators, especially connected educators, should be worried is the fact that we have resources that we're pushing out to each other. And we have websites, and we have blogs, and we have podcasts, and we have all of these wonderful resources that we share together. What happens if a company who can afford to pay somebody to say, you know what? All of these people sharing, that's great, but I want them to share on my website. Why don't we start to funnel everybody in through us? Or there's so many different things that can happen. Now, keep in mind that just because they get rid of net neutrality, if that is what ends up happening, if they got rid of net neutrality, that doesn't mean that all of these things are going to come to pass. That doesn't mean that these big internet service providers are going to start blocking sites that they don't like and start having people have to pay for premium sites and things like that. That is not what I'm saying. It's a matter of the fact that why are we even getting rid of it if, first of all, we don't know if it's working yet or not because it just passed and just went into effect and we've only got about one year maybe less, of data to prove whether or not it's working. The second thing is that the argument that is being made by the FCC chairman is that we have not had to fight anyone yet, that nobody has broken these rules yet, so why do we even have them in place? Well, if nobody's broken the rules yet, then why not just keep them in place? It seems like a lot of extra paperwork, if they don't want anything to happen, to to have to go through and go through that process to to repeal what is already there, um, so it 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 just doesn't it just doesn't seem right. One of the biggest reasons people are against net neutrality, if they are against net neutrality, is usually because they don't like too many government regulations, which I understand. Government regulations don't always get us in the best of places. But this is a little bit different because if we're, we're comparing apples and oranges. If we're saying that allowing a free market is a good thing and then we turn around and we don't force internet service providers to maintain a free market, then we're allowing them to make the rules. So hopefully you're following me on this. So the internet itself is a free market. People sell things. Their entire businesses, their entire livelihood is on the internet. Bloggers, um, individuals who sell goods on the internet, uh, those people rely on the internet to be their free market, 
So if we allow internet service providers to make the choices as to which websites get priority, then we're going to start pushing out those small businesses, at least on the internet itself. Because the argument is that net neutrality forces small internet service providers to go out of business. But what about those website providers who would then be pushed out of business? So I don't think that the government regulations on the free market hold up here. There are a number of other uh sides and pros and cons to this. I'm going to link some resources into my website, aplusedtech.com. If you go to the show notes, there will be a few different articles and, and places that I've done a little bit of research. If you have any articles or research or anything on net neutrality that you'd like to share, please let me know. Uh, put a comment in, put a comment on iTunes, um, put a, send me a tweet, uh, at a plus ed and I would love to hear it. Now, if you want to do something about this, you can always send a comment to the FCC itself. You can go to FCC.gov and go through their system, but it does get a little tricky sometimes. Um, so there is a website that the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, has created, and it's called DearFCC.org. So Dear, D-E-A-R-F-C-C.org. And on this website, they give you a form letter, and you can type in your information, and you can make changes to it. You can type in whatever you want. You can delete things. Um, and then you put in your information and you, your comment gets sent to the FCC that way. It's just a simplified version of doing it as on there as opposed to the FCC website. Uh, so if you're interested in that, there's also a link to that in the show notes. 